how do you define a problem that your potential customer has very clearly and how do you build a solution that solves that problem right so your customer doesn't really care about your solution they want to get a job done and this startup was a great a learning of how do you actually create products that get the job done as opposed to being a nice solution right? so a solution is kind of your way of looking at the problem uh, getting the job done is the customer's way of looking at the problem so you should kind of flip it in your uh, mind welcome to babson bill where we showcase babson founders and entrepreneurs people who have tried failed and tried again they are the change makers, the disruptors, the hustlers, and the builders. These are their stories. Hi, so we have in the studio with us Anoop Gosavi, who is the founder of Specs, and we're really excited to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jake. Absolutely. Um, so one of the questions we always like to ask is what is one of your first or your first memory of entrepreneurship? I think the first memory of entrepreneurship would have to be my dad. He's an entrepreneur. He is into real estate. And the first uh, memory that I have is essentially a bunch of people coming uh, into the house for dinner and they opening these big, uh, I didn't know they were called plants, so essentially uh, architectural plants and brainstorming it. So I just vividly remember like some very exciting discussions happening, a little bit of arguments happening, but I could kind of, uh, I was young, I could sense the energy. And I think that is something that has stayed with me, that entrepreneurship is essentially about getting a team together and uh, having the energy to build something. So I just remember I was too young to understand what was actually going on, but I remember I could feel the energy in the room and the excitement. So that was the first memory I had. And, and when was your first endeavor that you sort of decided it's time for me to start my own business? I think uh, that so uh, I have always I'm always the kind of guy who has a side project going on. Uh, that is something that I, uh, has been constant. If you look back, right from school, I always have some side of some kind of a side project going on. It might be a hobby, it might be, but it was always something to do with building. Right, I was always building something with my hands. Then it kind of moved to building with software. But the first time I really decided to jump into entrepreneurship was around 2008, uh, uh, 2009 and 10. So at that time, the iPhone has just released. Uh, I had just uh, graduated out of my school. Uh, I'm an engineer. And uh, one of my close friends, he taught himself how to make iPhone apps. And Stanford had released this online course, Free for Everybody iPhone development was so new that nobody else was really doing it. So he started uh, kind of playing around with it. Just uh, like I said, a project uh, that I had going on in the side was I was teaching myself how to design stuff. So I was using a bunch of uh, design softwares and learning how to create both uh, uh, interaction design as well as uh, graphic design. And then we thought, hey, this seems pretty cool. The interface is pretty awesome. Let's create some apps for it. Uh, and I'll common passion that both of us had was we were big into meditation. So we said, hey, what if we have self-guided meditation iPhone app, right? And that's how we started a kind of a company together. And we started uh, building 
a self-guided meditation app. So that was the first kind of deep dive into entrepreneurship, learning about how do you, you know, uh, build a product, think about a problem, think about a market, right? Absolutely. That's, that's a fascinating idea as well. And you've, I've seen in recent trends, you know, there have been a number of startups based around meditation that have come out. So I think you were way ahead of the game there. That was one really good, uh, what do you say, learning. Uh, I think every entrepreneur should understand the importance of timing. We marketed it as a gym program for your brain, right? Because meditation is kind of a, so it was more like, uh, let's take out all the spirituality, all the religious connotation and just focus on the benefits, right? So can you structure it as a gym program? So that's how we marketed it. And what I'm seeing right now is almost all the meditation apps that you're talking about, they're marketing themselves as gym program for the brain. So you're right. I mean, we were a little too early. We got, so the idea was probably correct. The timing was not. (laughs) It's yeah. Classic uh, entrepreneurial problem, I guess. Well, and so just wondering, how did your family react with you wanting to start your own business? That uh, aspect, I think I am really fortunate because my dad is an entrepreneur. He has been kind of, uh, and he has seen all the ups and downs, right? Because of that, they have always been very supportive. Uh, And in fact, they were keen on me starting a business as opposed to taking a job. So that's why when I got into Babson, they were really happy because it's an entrepreneurship school. And they were keen on me following the entrepreneurial path. They warned me about how difficult it's going to be. But they were like, that is where you will have, uh, you learn the most, uh, you will have an impact uh, on the world and hopefully have higher, you know, a better sized outcome for yourself, both financially and in terms of work satisfaction. So I've been really blessed to have a family that has been very, very supportive. For sure, for sure. It's, it's amazing how that can really shape you as an entrepreneur. Prior to Babson, you were doing some engineering, I believe. And I was wondering how that affected the businesses that you've worked on. Uh, I think, uh, so uh, what uh, I did was after my undergrad, uh, essentially I uh, moved, I started helping my dad in his real estate business, where essentially I was looking after digital marketing and a little bit of sales. And at the same time, I was uh, kind of exploring uh, this iPhone app ecosystem that was coming up, right? And I think engineering helps you to understand how things actually work, right? So uh, if you are especially working in tech, you always need to work with other engineers. And being an engineer myself, having that conversation was very easy. So it gave me an idea of how do you think about problems? uh, How do things work? And what are the kind of limitations that might come because of uh, engineering? So if you don't have that background, I've seen that normally you tend to, you don't have a real sense of what are the possibilities, right? Uh, Having an engineering background helped me limit the possibilities. I knew things that could not be done. And I also knew that if we pushed ourselves, what uh, were the things we could actually do? Having that experience as an engineer, did that lead you ultimately to be limitless, the company that you had started prior to Specs? 
Uh, I think so. I think so. Uh, so one thing that I've always wanted was so uh, uh, design has been a big uh, passion of mine. I'm deeply interested in design. Right? Uh, obviously, business is something uh, that I was interested in. And the third kind of uh, because I am an engineer, I was always interested in tech and software. Right. So yeah, you can kind of and imagine Venn diagram of overlapping circles, right? Of tech, business, and design, and uh, that is something where I thought uh, you could create some very interesting products, and that's how we thought about uh, Limitless. Actually, my other co-founder essentially had started a company. Uh, it was a very different idea, and I had joined him for that idea. That idea, unfortunately, was in the finance space. It was very long sales cycles because of which uh, we couldn't get customers as quickly as we needed. So we pivoted to this new task management and time tracking company called Be Limitless. And that company, how did that help you eventually grow specs? Uh, I think that experience was really uh, great in terms of first and foremost, uh, it had very clear ups and downs, right? So the up was that we quickly grew to more than a hundred thousand weekly active users, right? So uh, the ramp, uh, so it was very clear the product uh, uh, recently was taken off the, uh, we had to shut it down, which was the obvious uh, bad uh, part. But the learning there essentially was how do you grow a technology product or a software product, right? What are the key elements that need to happen to actually grow it? How do you define a problem that your potential customer has very clearly? And how do you build a solution that solves that problem, right? So your customer doesn't really care about your solution. They want to get a job done. And this startup was a great learning of how do you actually create products that get the job done as opposed to being a nice solution. So a solution is kind of your way of looking at the problem. Uh, Getting the job done is the customer's way of looking at the problem. So you should kind of flip it in your uh, mind. You should always think about getting the job done for the customer. So that was a great uh, learning. Uh, Other learning uh, just in terms of company building was how do you think about financing? How should you, uh, uh, you should have a a comfortable enough runway to make sure that you hit the next milestones that you have set for yourself, right? Uh, If you set, uh, if you, if you run, you have to set uh, the milestones uh, proportional to the runway that you have. If you get ambitious in uh, that, uh, you run out of runway and you don't meet the milestone. And because of which you might not raise that next round of funding, you might not get the next phase of growth, right? Because, and that milestone might be anything, right? It might be a particular feature that you wanted to launch. It might be a particular uh, customer segment that you want to target. But your milestones have to be uh, always aligned with uh, the runway that you have and how to manage the cash for that. So that was also a great learning that. So with growing your startup to so many users, mm-hmm. how did you market to them? How did you get those people on board with the Limitless? Uh, one of the uh, best ways, so uh, this was a very uh, classic uh, uh, word of mouth uh, growth that happened. Uh, we did see it uh, initially on... Uh, my co-founder was a big influencer on Quora, so that helped. I was uh, doing a lot of, as in, uh, things on uh, Reddit, so those two channels started helping. 
and uh, essentially one very interesting growth uh, hack that we did was uh, because it was a productivity tool because it was all about uh, you know getting better and hence the name be limitless right just get better at what you do at your tasks uh, we uh, had a quote section so essentially you have all these famous quotes by famous celebrities uh, and we uh, just you know we had like a regularly hundreds of quotes that just showed up every morning so uh, uh, every morning when you logged into the app there was a new quote just to uh, inspire you and hopefully get your day started off on a better note and that simple idea really grew and you could share this quote on facebook on twitter on social media channels right and we managed to get a really long list of very inspiring quotes that were people found it exciting so every morning you log in you're fresh uh, you're looking to you know make most of your day and this is a quote and people started sharing that quite a bit so that became a viral loop right so you found some quote interesting you shared it i saw your quote i was like hmm what is this be limitless right so i went there uh, on maybe i see this uh, tweet on twitter i click on it and go to the be limitless website where i can download it so that's we were kind of created a viral uh, loop where people shared some interesting tidbits from uh, their uh, i mean this, these quotes and that created a viral loop so essentially like the usual uh, thing right so this growth hack really helped us that yeah that seems like a really effective idea i guess it leads to another question i had which is who inspires you i get inspired uh, by uh, i mean because i work in tech uh, uh, steve jobs has always been an inspiration when it comes to actually understanding trends and develop products uh right uh, not so much on how to manage people and treat people probably but <laughs> definitely uh, on uh, how to think about trends and build very simple products so he has been uh, quite a big uh, influence the founder of uh, air bn b brian has been quite an influence as well essentially one thing that uh, i mean i have never met brian jeski the founder of airbnb in person but i have heard a lot of his in- interviews and what he essentially talks uh, about is uh, again how do you focus on the customer and create really simple elegant experiences for them but one thing i learned as an entrepreneur is uh, he talked about learning straight from the source right so he said that uh, as an entrepreneur uh, in a new domain and in a new industry probably you don't know uh, enough right you need to learn to have a very high rate of learning instead of going to books you should actually ask people uh, who uh, have done it before particularly in that domain and in that function where you're looking help for so he said that you uh, uh, to learn you should be spending most of your time on uh, identifying the right people to talk with right spend like 60 70% of your time just identifying the right people to talk with then uh, make sure you talk with them and you learn from them because one hour with that right person you are going to learn a lot more than uh, doing some other things right go straight to the source right so brancheski and steve jobs i think would be the two uh, ones who inspired who for specs was your source or sources uh so for specs uh, uh, essentially we uh, because it is kind of a uh, uh, 
collaboration and creative tool for media like audio media and even uh, voice media or voice recordings in general uh, i reached out to a few of my uh, friends who had uh, their own recording studios and they were actually uh, uh, so podcasting especially is a very new form of medium uh, i mean it has been there since uh, ages but it is becoming popular recently uh so they were started they had started uh, doing a lot of podcasts uh for their clients uh and then essentially i talked with a, a bunch of them uh, and understood what was the process what are the challenges they were facing and all of that so within uh, essentially like two weeks or three weeks of conversations i had a very clear idea about uh what were the challenges uh so a simple thing was uh these guys were used to doing music production right so all their softwares were essentially uh, you know uh completely focused on music mixing tracks together but voice was a slightly different beast right because most of it is just conversation you have music here and there uh, but it is not really the center of the Uh, what do you say it is not the center of the media so i got to understand all these small uh, problems that these guys had and because they were actually uh, working with clients uh, it was very easy for us to test it right uh, so whatever we had some ideas we used to prototype it ask these guys hey what do you think is are we in the right direction and that created a very quick feedback loop of uh, iterations and that uh, was helpful so Uh, like i said going straight to the source always helps right every entrepreneur starts somewhere are looking for your beginning the blank center for entrepreneurship is where babson's emerging entrepreneurs connect with the events workshops mentoring and competitions that they need to build their businesses this spring the blank center will present its new venture competition the beta challenge which recognizes babson businesses for taking action join the babson community on thursday april 11th at the beta challenge finale and watch the top alumni and student teams compete for more than $200,000 in cash and prizes. To learn more, please visit www.babson.edu/beta-challenge. It's a pretty competitive market out there for audio production right now. Mm-hmm. Um so how do you find and attract customers to your startup i i see that you've had a lot of positive reviews on um things like product hunt and a lot of recent publicity mm-hmm. uh so i think uh like i said uh, we have to go back to the jobs to be done aspect of it right so uh the competition essentially i mean anybody can promise uh, things uh, uh, on their web page right but can you actually uh, create an output uh, so for example a podcast for a podcaster the output would be probably a post produced mp3 file right so that is their output so is that output really usable can you actually use it right so it, does your software get the job uh, does it get the job done i think that is where uh, we kind of differentiate ourselves the product is really easy to use but more importantly for a podcaster or if you're trying to make a clip it gets the job done you know the output is not really uh, it is smooth uh, the noise reduction works uh, pretty well so 
you come to the product, you use it, uh, and you get something uh, that you can actually use. So it gets the job done for you. So I think that is the reason why we are getting good reviews. And that has been a differentiator. So people might try different products, but once they compare the output, it's very clear that Spext is much better than the alternatives. It seems, yeah, it seems to be doing really well. You've you recently won some prizes uh, and an investment from the Indian Angel Network and uh, also through Berkeley, I believe. How has that funding changed your business? And also, how did you go about the process of uh, getting funding? Uh, I think uh, for especially the Indian Angel Network, we have, uh, you know, uh, our, our Babson College to thank, right? So they had this uh, really great uh, uh, competition where they invited uh, companies from alums, students and uh, other founders to pitch. And they had a very clear format of how they wanted the pitch to go. That kind of uh, uh, helped us uh, formulate the business plan uh, better, refine it. We already had one a business plan, but that uh, template kind of helped us refine it better. And uh, I think uh, essentially uh, the business was uh, working. There was a clear problem uh, statement that was there. There was uh, because of devices like AirPods and Alexa and other uh, voice assistants, the demand for voice media was growing. Right. So there was a clear kind of there was a technology or a behavior shift happening. There was a new medium that was coming up. Uh, there was a very clear problem. Uh, the solution was already, we are already in the market with good reviews. And I think that kind of helped uh, our case a little bit. And once you see the reviews or once you see the output, it's very clear that it is not a very easy product to build, right? So there is some sort of defensibility in the product. Uh, and one thing that I have always seen is investors look for defensibility, uh, especially when it comes to software products, right? Because software is such a, uh, uh, I mean, you have brilliant uh, engineers, brilliant designers everywhere. So what is it in your product that is really defensible, right? Is there some sort of mode uh, that will give you uh, advantages as you grow the company? So that is something that everybody looks for. Just comparing the outputs of uh, our competitor, it became clear that this is not a very easy product to put. So once they were convinced, so first you have to convince, uh, we had to convince uh, these investors about that there was a very clear market here. Uh, and market that was really big and growing rapidly. Then we had to uh, convey that, hey, our product is innovative. Look at the reviews. People are uh, liking it uh, and talking about it positively. And finally, we had to show that our product is not only liked, but it's also defensible. So I think these are the kind of three broad areas that if you hit properly, investment uh, usually becomes a lot easier. And in your current role as CEO, what does your day-to-day look like at Spext? So I think the best part about uh, uh, just uh, being the CEO of an early stage company is that there is no uh, routine uh, day-to-day, right? So that keeps things really interesting. So usually uh, my days will have a lot of uh, meetings with potential customers and our current customers, uh, essentially trying to understand what the problems are are, uh, for uh, the current customers, uh, as well as identifying new segments of customers that we can uh, uh, get to. 
So the stage of the company where we are at is essentially what we call as a pre-product market fit. So there is not a clear product market fit here. So, which means that essentially we haven't found a a proper sales cycle uh, for a particular customer. It is not a machine that keeps on rolling, right? So we have to find which is the right persona, what changes do we need to make to a product so that it gets the job done for that persona, right? So that is the, so we are in the, essentially in that phase of getting to product market fit. So I divide more, I mean, I devote most of my time uh, for uh, customer conversations. Uh, and uh, other than that, we have a really uh, great co-working space here uh, in Berkeley. Uh, so there are a few events uh, here and there uh, that I make sure to attend. So customer conversations, uh, then every day we have a daily stand-up with uh, our uh, team where we review both the technical uh, things that are to be done, the marketing side of things that are to be done, as well as the business side of it. So. Uh, that is how essentially most of it, most of it is customer conversations. The other is uh, just uh, uh, having, uh, making sure the internal processes of the team are, is working and the rest uh, is uh, talking with uh, potential customers. It sounds like a pretty busy, pretty busy life. Um, what What is one piece of feedback that you've received over the course of, your, I guess, career that really changed the way you operated a business? And that's a really uh, good question. I think one of the feedbacks that I have received and which I have taken very seriously at heart is, uh, so uh, I come from an entrepreneurial uh, background, right? Uh, I'm from India, a small town in India. So we had a different way of entrepreneurship where essentially uh, it was uh, the communication was mostly verbal or it was kind of understood. So there was no formal communication Uh, because of that. What used to happen is here uh, you have to take your team uh, through the why of the decisions you are making, right? As the uh, co-founder, as a leader of the team, you have to make decisions. But you have to communicate uh, with your team about the why. Why is this decision being taken? What is the context of the decision right, uh, to be taken? And earlier when I even came to Babson, uh, one feedback that I consistently got is uh, he usually gets to the right ideas, but he doesn't tell us why or why we should go there. Right. So essentially the feedback was you need to communicate uh, with uh, us more often. You need to uh, just walk us through uh, the decision making process. The decision might uh, be correct or it might be wrong, but you have to let all the stakeholders uh, know uh, the context, uh, the challenges and why the decision was taken. So that has been a great feedback uh, for me. Uh, the, and it has helped, uh, definitely helped my career as well, because now uh, there is clarity, there is transparency within all the stakeholders involved. So there is there are no surprises internally, right? Externally, the market always gives you surprises, but internally there are no surprises and everybody is on the same page. So communicating clearly and better, both in verbal and written form is something I've learned. Okay. Yeah. And, um, in, in your business experience, what has been, would you say the biggest failure that you've had just Uh, in your day to day or as a whole? Uh, I think the 
biggest failure i would say has uh, been essentially there were ways in which we could have kept be limitless the earlier company alive uh, right uh, it was doing well uh, at that time essentially the failure of uh, you know the co-founder leaving and we not raising uh, uh, our financing round then we had some visa issues as well so all of that kind of affected my psyche a little because of which i kind of gave up on the company when i shouldn't have it is very rare to find uh, to build something that people actually love right so we actually had done that and we were not able to capitalize on that so that was a big uh, failure that i consider but the learning has been that uh, you know you have to manage your psychology much better right there are always going to be a lot of downs but you have to uh, remain strong and figure out you have to be resourceful enough that when the downs come you have to figure out a way to survive so i think uh, in that sense uh, i was not resourceful enough for limitless and uh, that has been kind of my biggest failure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um i guess what does the future hold for specs like what's on the horizon for you now uh, so for uh, specs essentially we are trying to uh, make creation of voice content easy right so it might be podcast it might be audio books even radio shows and radio ads as well right so uh, what we think is uh, because of the devices like airpods and alexa and other uh, voice assistants the demand is going to grow uh, like crazy even large enterprises are now thinking of voice as a big medium for marketing and the hope is to create tools that anybody can uh, uh, use right so how uh, if you remember how a blogger made publishing a blog easy earlier you had to just you know create your own website or even publish a book right so publishing uh, content or your thoughts was not easy uh but blogger made it easy so for us uh, we want to do essentially the same thing right we want anybody who has uh, uh ideas around voice or wants to communicate via voice make that uh, content easy so uh the future looks uh, promising uh, the demand is there uh, and now we just have to build the right set of products that people actually like Well thank you so much for coming on the show today Anoop and um I'm sure that the next stages of Specs are going to be amazing and I'm going to be looking out for you guys in the news. Thank you so much. It was it was wonderful chatting with you and this is a great initiative. Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's Babson Bill where we showcase Babson entrepreneurs and founders. If you have a second, please subscribe, rate and review the show. We take feedback seriously here at Babson Built and it helps other listeners find us. If you know a Babson entrepreneur who should be featured, email us at babsonbuilt@gmail.com. At